Are you ready to receive it? <laughs> um, I would like to say it this way. Um, you know, God is, I, I find that God is always full of surprises. You know, you think you're going in one direction, and you start studying, or you start sitting before the Lord, and oh, that's not where we're going. But what happened, um, there's no way I can share today everything. Uh, I feel like the only way to say it is the Lord gave me a download of something that's going to take uh, two, three, maybe even four Sundays to uh, unwrap, if I could say it that way. And I'll, I'll do my best to uh, give you an introduction, I guess, is what I would say we're going to get today. And then I won't be sharing for another few weeks. And so God will have the prerogative to add or subtract. I think he's going to add, not subtract, um, to what he's already given to me. Um, so a one verse that uh, kind of grabbed me is uh, John 12, 21. And these were either new believers or people that were seeking to know Christ. They were Greeks. They came to Andrew and they said this, we wish to see Jesus. And there's more there than just those few words of what was going on in that passage. It sparked something in me, something along the lines of, what do people see in you? When they encounter you, do they see Jesus? They're looking. They're looking for authenticity in Christians. And do they see Jesus? Or do they see something else? Or do they see a different Jesus than it describes in the Bible? You know, the Bible says one day we will see him as he really is. I think we have an idea of what that's going to be like, but I'm quite sure it's not going to match up with our expectations. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. It's going to be powerful. But it will not match whatever this can conceive of or dream about or imagine. You know, I was kind of smiling. Uh, I was visiting my mother before she passed a few years ago now, and I was witnessing to one of the aides. And she knew I was talking to them about Christ. And so she says to the aide, oh, he believes in a different Jesus. <laughs> in other words, it didn't match up with her idea of who Jesus was, her upbringing in a particular denominational setting. Well, that setting... And I'm looking at folks that were brought up in a variety of contexts uh, 
in New England especially. But we don't want people to see a different Jesus when they look at us. I don't mean our, our facial features. I mean how we act, how we treat people. They shouldn't, they shouldn't see a different Jesus. They should see Jesus in us. Ooh, this is, uh, this is powerful stuff, so buckle your seatbelts. Um, I'm going to share a number of scriptures and a number of things the Lord began to um, highlight to me. Yesterday, yesterday was a challenging day. Um, you notice my wife is not here. I'm not sure about your girls and Sunday school down there today. You may want to check up on them. Um, because uh, she was scheduled to teach and she's obviously not here. So, for the, the little ones, not for the, the girls. Anyway, just a heads up. Uh, Galatians 3, verses 26 and 27. For you are all sons of God, or children of God, through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you were baptized into Christ, and you have clothed yourself with Christ. This is referring to having a personal, very real encounter with Jesus. And I was sharing with a, a couple this week. Um, um, they, as well as myself, had a radical salvation when I met Christ. Um, the, if you've seen some of the, the t-shirts from the, the new series, The Chosen, one of the t-shirts says, I was one way, and now I'm another. The difference is, in between, is Jesus. And I don't regret for one moment my decision to yield myself to Christ. Not for a minute. Clothing ourselves with Christ. What does that mean? It's referring to not just being born again, but genu genuinely committing your life to Christ. Unreservedly. No hold, holes barred. As uh, that Mark Batterson is a recent author in the Christian circles, and I think his first book was entitled All In. That's it. Everything. I'm giving up everything. And, you know, at the time we think it's a lot, but as we walk with him, we find out how much more 
he desires for us to give him. Those things that we keep under lock and key, that remain untouchable. Well, yeah, but don't go there, Lord. If you're honest, you've done that. And you may still do it, like I do. But making a genuine commitment of your life to Christ. And Paul also speaks uh, in another New Testament letter of being pulled away or, or, or being impacted or led astray by people or what happens in your life. You know, using that as a reason to turn from Christ, to alter your idea of salvation even. I think more and more as you yield to Christ, as you walk through this life with Christ, you will find what you first believed was a very uh, inaccurate or shallow understanding of what Jesus did when he saved you. And so I would describe um, what um, Paul is talking about in Corinthians chapter 11, verse 4 about being led astray um, as ungodly beliefs, attributing things to God or actions to God that are simply not accurate or true. And the only way you're going to bring and, or find clarity of who God is more accurately is to spend time with him. Pure and simple. If you don't pray, if you don't sit, and uh, Sandy was actually alluding to that, most prayer should not be you talking to him. It should be you listening to him. He knows you have a list. <laughs> he knows that list. And he's not really that concerned about it. He knows it's going to be taken care of. But he wants you to believe that it will be taken care of. And so ungodly beliefs, those things that we attribute to God that are not accurate or are actually flatly, flat out untrue. Second Corinthians 11.4 For if one comes and preaches another Jesus, there it is, a different Jesus, whom we have not preached, or you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted. So, he's talking about people walking away from the faith, being discouraged, losing hope. And, you know, this has been a particularly challenging season worldwide. How much more for the unbeliever with the onset of COVID. How do you think they are coping? They don't have Jesus. They don't know Jesus. But for the believer, you can't just coast. You can't just do the bare minimum. 
and expect that you're going to be an overcomer. Is this too hard? Hmm? It should sting a little bit. I'm preaching to myself as well. So we need to be discerning in what and in whose teaching we listen to and ask this couple of questions come to mind. Does this line up with what the Bible says? Fair question. Does this teaching, can you support it from chapter and verse in God's word? If not, cast it aside. Don't allow it a resting place in your spirit. It may sound good. It may even sound spiritual. But if it does not line up with the Word of God, it is garbage. And you've heard me say many times, even uh, with the visions the Lord uh, gives to me, I immediately go to the Word. It has to line up with God's Word. Otherwise, it's just a pipe dream. Oh, that was nice, but I'm not going to give it credence. And God will give me specific scriptures so that I can understand. You know, it doesn't matter how long you've walked with the Lord, you can be led astray. You can be influenced if you're not spending time in his presence, honoring him in the way you live your life. Another question to ask yourself is, is what they are speaking, is it Christ-centered? Is it Christ-honoring? Is it glorifying Christ? If it's not, once again, circle file it. Don't give it another thought. Don't give it a place in your thinking or in your spirit. Is it glorifying him or is it feeding or pleasing your flesh? I'm telling you, this is something deep. The Lord is... He hit me broadside with this. and That's why I said it's going to take me a while to unwrap it. So, a possible title for this message or this series would be Clothed with Christ or Clothed with a Counterfeit. Or Genuine Faith or Insincere Faith. 
The Holy Spirit communicated and is, I believe, is going to not let me off the hook. He's going to continue uh, revealing God's heart in what he's saying, the Father's heart. There were a couple of expressions or phrases that I heard as I, as I sat. And quite honestly, I started uh, yesterday morning and I did not finish until 10.30 last night. And I'm not even finished yet with everything God has shown me. The word centerpiece. It, if you look at by definition, it says an item or issue, etc., intended to be a focus or attention or the focal point. So what the Holy Spirit was, was challenging me with is, is Christ the focal point? Is he the centerpiece in how I act, what I think, what I do with my time? Is he in the center of it all? Fair question. That's going to need to be answered, not just by me, but by every one who says they call upon the name of the Lord. And this one comes with a degree of conviction. This is what he said, window dressing. A superficial or actually misleading presentation of something designed to create a favorable impression. In other words, to make you look good, not him look good. This is, this is where the rubber meets the road, saints. You can like it or not like it, but this is true. A window dresser. Are you a window dresser? <laughs> One that distorts facts or puts up a front in order to make a favorable impression. Or we could say it, presenting a different Jesus. Cheapening the gospel message. A different Jesus, a different gospel, a different spirit. If you and I are to be genuine and sincere and present an accurate Jesus, who he says he is and who he really is, we need to be, 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, imitators of Christ. Paul says, be imitators of me as I am an imitator of Christ. Even the world says imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. 1 Corinthians 11.1 1. 
and and present ourselves as Christ's representatives. You know, I still uh, I still uh, remember when uh, nineteen. 82, when I was in Paraguay, South America, uh, it, you know, in that culture, a teacher is not like in this country. Uh, so I was, Kathy and I were invited to, by the ambassador, to, uh, the Korean ambassador, to a celebration at the embassy. And I mean, let me tell you, talk about a spread with the ice sculptures, the pig with the apple in the mouth. I mean, there was everything. I never saw such things. But I was his ambassador. That's why I was there. Not for the food, not for a pat on the back. Oh, what a good teacher you are. I appreciate what you do for my son. I was his ambassador. I invaded that gathering. I witnessed to the American ambassador's wife before she perished on a plane crash weeks later. When you walk in the room, he walks in the room. Get that in your head and you wouldn't do or say some of the things you do and say. Because you would realize the weighty responsibility because you say you belong to him. You call yourself a Christ follower. We need to present ourselves as he presented himself, full of grace and truth. John 1.14 And we have no excuse for not doing so because it says in, in John 1.16, for of his fullness we have all received. We have received. He's made available that grace, that truth. He's uh, entrusted us with his very presence and his very word. For of his fullness we have all received, John 1.16, grace upon grace. Grace does not compromise. Grace presents an accurate and true Jesus. An accurate and true gospel message. So how can we be clothed fully or more fully in Christ and not be naked, if you will? Not expose ourselves by what we say and by what we do. Scripture tells us, Romans 13, 14, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. It's not about you. It's about him. 
not make no provision for the flesh and its lusts. Not a popular message. Not one that draws crowds. But it will. So, I'm going to just, I'm going to close today. Um, that's a, an introduction of sorts. And I'm going to give you five scriptures to meditate on, which is where we're going to be going in weeks to come. You don't have to worry about rushing to write them down. They'll be on the recording, but if you want, here they are. Romans 12.9 Let love be without hypocrisy. It says. By the way, this same word here is translated variously. Um, genuine, sincere, uh, without hypocrisy. There's actually six times in in the New Testament. Second Corinthians six six. And James three sixteen and seventeen. And first Timothy 1.5 and 1 Peter 1.22. And, and the word in those scriptures is uh, translated variously without hypocrisy, sincere, or genuine. It talks about sincere faith, sincere or genuine love, and so forth. It's talking about how we should behave how we should exemplify Christ in our lives. Now I'll end with a little humor. You know, I always get, often get songs with my messages. And this is a love song. And you can, I know you're going to hear his booming, deep voice when I share some of the lyrics here of, um, what's his name? You'll know what his name is when I tell you the song. It's eluding me now, but I'm sure it won't elude you. Barry White. And the refrain goes, and it's a love song, but this should be a love song to, to Jesus. Ah, the first, my last, my everything. Can you hear him singing that song? The answer to all my dreams. This Christ, that's Christ, that's Jesus. You're my sun, my moon, my guiding star, my kind of wonderful. That's what you are. I know there's only, only one like you. There's no way they could have made two. You're all I'm living for. Your love I'll keep forevermore.
You're the first, the last, my everything, my Jesus. Amen? So God bless you as you take these things to heart. Don't, don't take it in a condemning way. But, you know, many of the prophets have been saying it's time for the church to rise up. And part of that rising up is cleaning up the house. I'm not talking about the cleaning that went on on Saturday. I'm talking about this house. Allowing God to do business with us. And don't, don't avoid it when the Holy Spirit starts getting your attention. You need to respond. Bless you all. I'm so glad you're here. I'm excited what God has planned for all of you and for this church. I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he will keep that which I have committed unto him until that day. That's God's word. You can take it to the bank. God bless you.